0: And so that was the end of our elementary school I was bullied like I cried every day oh
1: god that's terrible yeah I (laughs) mean what kind
0: of bully um well because I was a little baby gay and I didn't know it yet (laughs) and (laughs) and kids pick up on that shit
2: Welcome to Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. And today we're joined by a friend from college that neither of us
1: haven't spoken to in a long time, Matt <laughs>
0: Robbie. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, no, we're good, man. This is super great. I am couldn't be more excited to have you. You're one of the people that first popped into my mind when we started doing this simply because I know you've anyone who's changed a lot since college, when you go to the, one of the most conservative evangelical colleges in the world is um, kind of an, it becomes an interesting person immediately to me as we've all done a lot. <laughs> we've done a lot of rethinking since then. And it's hard to even look back yeah. on those times as like, we're just not the same people. Like even the, like the Matt Robbie I was friends with is there's similarities, but there's it's not the same Matt Robbie. So I'm really. Yes.
0: And no, I mean, <laughs> i fundamentally i am um but like my mind is also opened and i'm not i guess i'll save it for the prompts but i'm not as brainwashed as i was
1: yeah
2: (laughs) yeah okay so i think that's a (laughs) so uh, first things first yes are you are do you still consider yourself a, a christian or are you out uh i don't know um
0: I think generally the idea of organized religion is meant to oppress. Um, and specifically it's meant to oppress people without power or people who are not straight white men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you can look at almost any religion and that's the same across the board. So I still maintain faith, um, but it's not the same as religion. So I don't really know. I was oh shit. It was recently I had to identify my religion first for something. And I was just like, I don't know how to choose my religion. I think I was filling out some
2: document for not for work. I don't I don't even know. I was gonna say you can report that employer if you want.
0: <laughs> no, I I don't know. It had to do
2: with some oh god
0: anyway cut that part out
1: <laughs> <laughs> no don't worry about it we're um yeah I, I feel that man um, I feel like I'm often in the same boat I mean I don't I I still function within um, I, within a church setting uh, but it's certainly a, a different and a slightly different dynamic than it was previously but that that feeling I resonate with uh, a good bit so um, I'm slowly pulling Sam out of there, like <laughs> like a tractor beam. It's like this is his um, missionary work. Oh my god! To, <laughs> 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 my outreach program <laughs> trying to pull me out. Um, okay, I want to get the I want to get the backdrop on your life, and I, this is something I don't even think I even if I knew it before, I don't anymore. Um, it was memorable. <laughs> is uh, your your, your backdrop, like where'd you, where'd you grow up? Let's start with that. Okay. Uh,
0: I mean, I don't think there's anything significant about the way I grew up. I mean, I grew up in in a family in Jersey. Um, we grew up Catholic for a while and then my dad found Jesus and we started going to, um, a Calvary chapel, which is, a, a, a basically like a network of churches um, that started in California yeah. after like in the eighties when, when like all the stoners got saved. <laughs> yeah. Is that,
1: related they the Jesus movement? Is that yeah, affiliated? With? Yeah. Okay. I think
0: it's all like around the same time. Um, and yeah, so we started going to Calvary Chapel in Jersey and it was probably mid elementary school. And I mean, I would say that we were never like, we went on Sundays. Sometimes we would do like Wednesdays and sometimes I would go to youth group and I don't even remember what day that was, but never quite fit in. Um, Mm -hmm. I always just kind of felt like, wow, these people are like super into it. And (laughs) they really... Oh, that would have
1: been me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And well, I know when I was listening to your first podcast i'm like oh he was one of them
1: (laughs) yeah i was one of the ones that would have been off-puttingly super into it (laughs) and i was
0: just like i don't quite fit in because
1: i I don't know i just
0: didn't um i mean i loved the people and i tried to fit in and outside of church i fit in with them but like in church it's just like i don't know there's never quite that connection um but i enjoyed it um i like, I enjoyed it when I was there. I didn't, like, crave it outside of the atmosphere. Um, okay. But I went to public school, and I was bullied in fifth grade. And so that was the end of our elementary school. I was bullied. Like, I cried every day. And oh,
1: I, God. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, what kind of bully?
0: Um, Well, because I was a little baby gay, and I didn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and kids pick up on that shit. And yeah, you know, it just like little things, and it, <laughs> then I would cry because I was sensitive, and then that would make it worse. So, which is actually super interesting. So, I was just walking from Trader Joe's like an hour ago, and this clearly not right guy was like dropping the f word all over the place. Like, you're such a, and I was just like, where were you coming from? And he was just like, God, I guess because I'm wearing like, gay looking sweatpants. I don't even know, <laughs> and. I
1: just- and so what you said, this is still fifth grade.
0: No, 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 <laughs> this is oh. an hour ago, but no, I got sidetracked. But yes, fifth grade was bullied. Um, most of the kids in my elementary school went to one middle school. I was part of a small group that just geographically based, like went to a different middle school and did have to see them for middle school, but knew that for high school, we would all be back together. And I didn't want that because I didn't want to be bullied again. If that was going to happen, I wasn't sure. Yeah. So I begged my parents to send me to a Christian school. Because there was a Christian school that we knew of that friends from our church had gone to. Um, so, I begged to go. And they let me. Um, and I, like, it was fine. It wasn't, like, an out-of-body experience. But, like, I I guess it was a f- fine school. Um, I mean, it was, like, shitty academics. But...
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shocking! I'm not. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, you know how Jerry says if it's Christian, it ought to be better. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it wasn't better. And then naturally, like when college time came around, you know, I was getting a lot of literature in the mail from Christian schools, and my mom was the one trying to talk me into going to like Jersey universities, and like she wanted me to go to Ramapo really badly, and Rowan, and like maybe Rutgers.
1: Um, Did she just want you staying like local? Sh- maybe,
0: but she's like, these are good schools. And at that time I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and so I like, didn't even look at them. I just looked at Christian schools on like the East coast. Um, hmm. And for some reason I just had it in my head that I wanted to go to Liberty. And cause they had at the time they had one of the best education programs for any Christian school in the area um
1: oh yeah that's right I forgot that they actually did have I remember hearing that while I was there that it was actually a like a pretty good education program it
0: was and they you know they got us in the classroom right away and it was that was really important because that's where you learn yeah um you don't learn in like a college classroom you learn in an actual classroom with children um so anyway I went to Liberty um that was the only school I fully applied to I started applications at Messiah oh yeah um and I probably should have gone there yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I I also chose Liberty because it was far and I wouldn't be tempted to come home every weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I, remember, I had that same
2: feeling. Yeah, that was that was why I left the school that I started at was because I was like, man, I I obviously can't handle the temptation of just being able to like drive back to my bubble every weekend. And yeah, that's a super big temptation. But like
1: also
0: you don't grow up that way. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so I, I grew up going to Liberty. I mean, I learned a lot um, and I was involved in student leadership on, on the dorms and spiritual leadership.
1: You were my uh, spiritual life director there.
0: Yes, I was. I did that for two years and
1: I don't know why I did it. Um, so you didn't have to do Christian service, right? I don't even remember. That. <laughs> you know, <don't>, I remember. <laughs> do I signed up for prayer leader because I didn't have to do like your community service, which they called the Christian service. I remember when what I what a told, joke that was, and I told our RA, uh, Brenton, that I remember him getting so Boy. mad at me. He's like, "Why would you tell me that?" <laughs> 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 because do you think if you think anyone in this hall is taking the occupation of prayer leader seriously, you are delusional. Like no. No, everyone's doing it because I don't want to go rake leaves for 20 hours. This is easier. (laughs) Um,
0: but like, I don't regret going to Liberty totally. Um, now that I look back, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. But at the time I learned a lot. Um, and I think I mostly learned who I wasn't. And that's really important. So, on like dating profiles, you know, they often, well, maybe you guys don't know cause you're not on them,
1: but. <laughs> and we you, got married like like good little Christian boys. Oh boy. <laughs> 21 years old.
2: I th- My marriage
1: certificate came with my diploma.
0: <laughs> but like on those, you have to put your college. And for a long time I had Liberty on there. And then the messages I would get of people saying, of guys saying, whoa you and to Libri. i can't believe that how could you do that what was it like and i was just like no i don't i don't want to have these conversations
1: yeah i'm yeah. not
0: a like first meeting kind of conversation <laughs> and so i don't have it on anything and just because like not that i'm embarrassed but it doesn't represent who I, it doesn't reflect who i am yeah
1: i'm not, not that, that it's happy. the same uh not trying to make some false equivalencies here but I just remember I, even having to put it on job applications. You're just like, Oh no, I just don't want to have this conversation. And it's so I didn't, you got a master's, right? You obviously, cause you're in education. I think so. You would have. No,
0: uh, I didn't. I oh, only did. Okay. Masters. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't know if you had to anyway. I, I mean, same here. So I'm like, I can't remove myself from it at all. So I've just been so dependent on like work experience to like mm-hmm. offset my college experience. And I don't know, I guess it's finally there but because I have a regular person job, but it's,
0: I'm glad oh. I didn't do that because when I was graduating in 2010 that was during the recession and you couldn't get a teaching job. Um I my first year out of college I wasn't even teaching. Um I was subbing and working at like American Eagle. Oh yeah. <laughs> and but like so and they actually would t- they told us um I think our D- the dean of education was like we actually recommend that you don't get your masters right now because schools don't want to have to pay you more for having a masters. Oh yeah. So I didn't get my master's at the time, and I was going to go back and get it a few years ago. And then I'm in a charter school right now, so I don't need a master's. Okay. And I actually am – I believe in unionization. I think it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. However, I don't love the um, UFT, United Federation of Teachers, and that's the union for New York City public schools. Okay. Oh, for people who don't know, I live in New York City. I live – I'm in Queens now, um, and I teach – Science in East Harlem, and that's a whole other subject. (laughs) That's cool. But yeah, I don't need a master's right now, and I don't want to get one because I have no desire to go back to school.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I don't. I I actually I feel this like strong pull to go back to school, but I just don't have any. Nope. I don't have time. Money's a little tight.
2: They would pay for me to go back and get my MBA, and I. I just can't. Yeah, that's something like I nightmare. just don't it's not the last thing I want to spend my
0: time on. Exactly. Especially right now, too. I mean, we're going through a pandemic and teaching has never been harder. I'm barely keeping my head above the water as it is. So put schoolwork, like my own schoolwork on top of that. Nope, that's not happening.
1: Are you teaching remotely? Do you have to do that?
0: Um yes, and okay. Complicated, but our school did this whole thing where we were hybrid. For the lower elementary up to second grade and i teach second grade okay um, i teach second through fifth grade science so I, we were hybrid and i was in two days a week for lower elementary and then the rest of my kids were all remote um but starting we decided to be strictly virtual after thanksgiving until we come back in the new year <laughs> because of kids and families and staff members traveling. Yeah. And that makes sense. Possibly spreading the virus. So we're like, you know what? That's a really bad idea. And yeah,
1: dude, I would think that's like, that's a reasonable thing to do. Uh, Jill, uh, her, she, her school just made a decision, even though they're going to start giving the vaccine to teachers in February, they decide that like pretty much right after Christmas, like break, everyone is going back to school. And they're like, they're going to do hybrid. Like kids don't have to go back, mm-hmm. but it's like, why do that? It's three weeks from the day you're going to send people back to the school. They're just going to start doing the vaccination. It's like, it's so insane. Like I don't that to make that decision like right before it, especially after everyone's travels for the holidays, because people yeah. don't believe we're actually in a pandemic. It's like so dumb.
0: So yes, it, it's a lot of things. Um, but we go back mid January and we're going to be hybrid. Um, so I'll be in the building actually three days a week, which I'm not thrilled about. Um, but I do think that it is the best way to teach, you know, virtual teaching, remote teaching. It doesn't
1: work. Yeah,
0: We sure. try our best and it works for some kids, but there's so many kids who it doesn't work for and it's just not right. And it, you know, I want to be safe. I'm going to do the safe thing, but I also want the kids to learn. So we're trying to find like a happy medium and it's you know it's all about compromise right now yeah um and it is what it is but like i just can't wait for that vaccine just like shoot me up i know
1: dude (laughs) even when people ask me the question about it like which are you gonna get it right when it comes out i'm like the fact that you want to have this conversation with me means that we're not where we need to be right dude
2: before we i don't want to derail things but can i throw a headline at you guys Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I saw this on the way home. I'm like, this this we gotta talk about. Were you
1: looking at it while driving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just out me on on podcast. Okay, so here, here's I'm here's eating. the first paragraph. Actor Kirk Cameron is facing oh criticism for organizing yeah. at least two events in Southern California in recent weeks where dozens of maskless people stood shoulder to shoulder to sing Christmas carols in protest of state <laughs> and local stay-at-home mandates. <laughs>
0: Let me just mute this while I throw my phone. He is a crazy Christian. Yeah. He's like one of those Christians who relies solely based off faith and like no actions there. So my parents are very conservative and we have like, we don't get along clearly on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but like, that's one thing we do agree on. Like my, my dad is, he runs a rehab ministry at his church and he doesn't go to church because he goes, no, there are too many crazy Christians there who, yeah, they have to wear a mask for service. But outside of that, they're not wearing any masks and they're like, Oh God will keep me safe. Yeah. And like Kirk is that he's that person. And I saw the, I saw the TMZ video of it today. Um, and it looked ridiculous.
1: Dude. He looks like, um, he looks like a claymation character in a lot of ways. I like, like, looking at his face, I'm like, am I watching a cartoon or a real life human being? There's something like that. He's got like this fake smile going. It feels like everything about him seems like too much. It's like, and his sister's not
0: much better. They're both toxic.
2: Yeah. It's wild. Where did Stephen Baldwin go? Come on. Let's bring back the good, the good old boys. You know, I think that the one thing that's that you have to consider with that stuff is like, it's pretty clear that if you want to be prominent, within that like very conservative right-wing Christian community, like you have to be political and loud,
1: Mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't really care
2: about telling people I was from Liberty until junior started spouting off left and right.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, people around here didn't even really know. Most people that I came into contact with, I was like, I go into Liberty university and they're like, Oh, what's that? And now they're just like, now everyone knows. They're like, "Oh yeah, is that the guy who liked to watch people fuck his wife?" And it's like, Yep, yeah, that place." <laughs> yep.
0: But you know what? Back years ago, a lot of people knew who his father was because of his political activism as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. that's yeah. You know,
0: Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. They're both they they just want to be heard and or wanted, and want to be heard. And <laughs> it's just like it, it, it. It's that that brand of Christianity that's dangerous.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, it's super dangerous. I feel like that's one of the reasons, like, we even want to keep having these conversations and do this. Like, I mean, we try to keep it somewhat light, but we're also like, I don't know. That's what we grew up in, and I, I mean, I see the way that it affects a lot of people that I know from childhood. I'm glad to
2: hear that you enjoyed your time at Liberty and that it wasn't like a, a negative experience. Like, I well, guess at what point did you, uh, <laughs> like, when when did you kind of realize that you were gay? Oh, uh, middle school. Um, so. So you were living with that knowledge, like while at Liberty surrounded by all that. So, yes. Um,
0: yeah, (laughs) it's it's like a really loaded question because you're also taught your entire life that who you are is wrong. Um, and you're taught that, Ooh, you can pray it away. Um, and Liberty is known for its conversion therapy. Um, and it's like it's a whole thing um, back in I think it was high school my dad like found porn in the history I didn't like clear from the history and I got sloppy And
1: yeah. we've all been there man yeah. there.
0: <laughs> and he talked to me about it and so I was he enrolled me in this like online conversion therapy um, and they don't exist anymore thank god but they it was like toxic as fuck And I mean, conversion therapy itself is toxic. Um, And Liberty is known for like having a very toxic brand of conversion therapy. Um, Dane Emmerich, I'm sure you remember him. He is not a great person. Um, I'm On the record saying it, don't really care. But (laughs) he, so my second year as an SLD, um, there was a guy on our dorm. And so you guys, this was the year after I was on the dorm with you. And we hooked up. And okay. he felt like super guilty and was just like, you know, really going through it and, um, was involved with conversion therapy with Dane Emmerich and,
1: uh.
0: um, in the process outed me. Um, and, but like told me that he was outing me. And so I was like, well, I'm going to get ahead of this. And so I went to Dane myself. And I was like, listen, so yeah, this is something I'm struggling with, and you're not going to do anything about it because honestly, I could have been kicked out of school for that. Because um, that's just how that was liberty. Oh world. yeah, dude,
1: you the guilt that they dead. put on people to just narc. I mean, yep. it, not just with that, but with anything. This person was drinking. I was at a party, and I might get caught. So they're like, it's literally like uh, just you rat this person out and that person out, and you'll stay, and we'll just deal with them. Like right. it's really well, bad
2: that's something that like abusive people in that environment use. Like I, I, somebody that I was close to, you know, was dating someone at the time that was manipulative. And I remember him pulling that stunt, like they were going to break up and he's like, well, you know, I've just been feeling really convicted about some of the things that happened with us. And so I, I think I really feel led to, to talk about it with whoever, you know, and it was just like this moment of panic, like our, am I going to get penalized? Am I going to get kicked out? You know? Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's a thing. Um, it's, it's a real fear. I was terrified, but I went to him and I, but I also went with such like fake confidence that Mm -hmm. I was safe. Um, there was like never further conversation about it again. Uh, and yeah. Um, Uh,
1: they didn't like require you to go to a group or anything. That wasn't a requirement if they knew, right?
0: No, I I mean, maybe it could have been, but I didn't even give that opportunity. Um,
2: so you like bluffed your way out.
0: Yeah, and I don't really know how it worked, but...
1: <laughs> you don't
2: convert me, I'll convert you.
0: I was just like, <laughs> I'm struggling with it, but I'm dealing with it on my own. And like my dealing with it was like going back to the dorm and watching porn and jerking off. And <laughs> so, <laughs> it's
1: not Dude, I love this. This is so fun because... Everyone in the dorm was doing that almost every night, but no one ever would like. It would never come up. It was like, it's just like church, you know, like when pastors talk about it. Everyone just silently sits there, rigid, giving side eyes to everybody. And you like, why am I the only one?
0: You clap your hands and you don't move, and like you're squeezing your hands so tight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like looking at their wife, like she doesn't suspect a thing. Yeah. So it was like. Yeah, anyway. So Liberty's
0: got this reputation for a pretty terrible experience for gay people. Um, Yeah. But they also have a ton of gay people. There were gay people on our dorm. Um, I am friends with some of them now, or one of them now. One of them was actually, I'm not going to out him because that's not cool, but like was involved in in student leadership on our dorm. And, um, but like I always knew it. And then he, like, recently was like, Yeah, actually, it's true. I'm like, I know. And yeah, but he's all I can't imagine.
1: I can't imagine having to keep that, like, on the DL, like, because it's obviously it has to come up. Like, it's not like, um, I don't know. I feel like I imagine that it comes up from, like, at times, uh, or that you feel like you have to, like, dot. Like, whenever one of the two
0: things, it's like one, you feel like you can hide it. And you feel like you can uh, just keep, like, keep doing what you need to do to pass. Um, yeah. But also, you feel like, I don't know, I genuinely felt that I would be able to control it eventually. Um, but it was You just felt like, like really-
1: that while you were at Liberty? You felt like you might be, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. not be Like, even if you, like, were gay, just, like, not do gay things or whatever. (laughs) So
0: when I came out to my parents after college, Mm -hmm. um, it was a little mixed, but well, I mean, it was not mixed at all. They just weren't supportive. They recognized I was born that way and that was progress, I guess. But my my dad, who is um, sober, he's an alcoholic. He relates his alcoholism to my homosexuality. Okay. in that they're both something that you can suppress. Um, and like technically he's right but that also leads to a terrible existence
1: yeah and um, it's probably so. unhealthy like oh, it's goodness. like the, I, the, the difference it seems and um, obviously jump right in on this is like you your alcoholism is a behavior that affects everybody around you negatively like mm-hmm. if you in an insulated bubble like they're lonely hermit assholes that just are alcoholics and they do that until their heart and liver give out like it, but it's like the difference being like you suppress alcoholism because it's better for your relationships and your mental health uh, as opposed to suppressing being gay is like damaging to your mental health and doesn't do anything for your relationships outside of the right. fact that your parents didn't support it. And that's like,
0: cause like ultimately it's I'm not hurting anyone. Yeah. and So that's where it gets so frustrating because you hear Christians who reference, and this is also where I'm torn and this is why partly why I'm torn when it comes to the whole, am I a Christian kind of thing? Um, because you look at the Bible and the Bible says what it says, but it also, there are lots of train schools of thought that, that believe that, uh, the Bible has been mistranslated, um, which is fair. I don't know. And, but I also know that it was a book written by men who are not perfect. So I, and like, I don't want to offend anyone who, you know, believes the Bible to be true. But, um, I also know that like, what is considered a sin almost everywhere in the Bible is an action that hurts somebody. And this is an action or not even an action. It's a way of being that doesn't hurt anybody. Like if I'm getting hurt, it's because I want it, you know, it's (laughs) it's not, it's not a, it's, it doesn't fall into the same category. So if you're a Christian and you're coming at me that it's a sin and I'm just like, how, like, how am I hurting anyone?
1: Yeah, I feel like those are the types of people who are, you know, their mindset has essentially become that they're the type of people who just want to be told by some sort of authority. The authority is given; it's not like that. It's not necessarily earned in most church settings. Mm-hmm. Like, like I could have gotten an M.Div. from Liberty and been taught everything that Liberty wanted to teach me, like, and then been a pastor somewhere, and they'd be like, "He has good credentials," and those credentials only work as long as you know, your congregation likes what you say, right? Cause the second you say something different, your lay people who don't have any education go, mm-hmm. well, that's not sound biblical teaching. And then they find a new place and you're out of a job. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's funny when you look at, like, I could have done that and, and gone anywhere, said anything. And then, but the people who are sitting under those people are the ones who just think I, they, they want to be told. Um, and, and they, they just go to, they, uh, I. I want to be a little bit more generous, but like it, it, no. it seems often that like um, they want their beliefs that make them comfortable, reinforced. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So when they, that's kind of their reasoning for thinking it's wrong. And it's funny, like when you mentioned the Bible, like in the, I mean, in that there's different ways to take it. Um, and there, I mean, sure, there definitely are. And it's funny because I, I've, I've heard all the theological, like, reasoning for why the bible doesn't mean this or means that and whatever but for me the most freeing thing was like it's just i'm like you could do all that but for me it's like yeah paul probably would have been like it's not okay to be gay and i can sit here in 2020 and say that's cool paul was just wrong like that's easy Mm -hmm. i don't have a problem with that and I, i i think but to, to to most Christians, they're like, well, then you don't have Christianity, and you don't have faith, and everything's a disaster, and now it's a free for all grab bag, and and they don't know what to do with that. Like their minds don't really wrap around that type of uncertainty, or, um, or I mean, whatever. They just need it, it does it it breaks a concrete foundation, and they, they don't have, they don't feel like there's much left after that.
0: But also, if you're looking at the Bible and you're and you're believing the Bible to be true, then. It, the only people in the Bible who are critiquing and criticizing homosexuality are people who are not God. Yeah. <laughs> you have priests and you have, I don't know, people writing the Bible who are saying that it's wrong. But like Jesus is never quoted saying it's a sin. So right. yeah. I, I if he didn't say it, I, I, I just... And, like, this is also a thing where I don't even know how exactly I feel about the Bible and about Christianity and all of this. Sure. Um, but at if, if you're going to sit there and tell me that who I am is wrong because a book that was written 2,000 years ago says so, well, then, <laughs> screw you.
1: Yeah. You know yeah. what I
2: keep thinking about in regards to, like, what you're talking about with liberty is, like, okay – you, you name the environment. Is it, you know, summer camp? Is it a youth group retreat? Whatever, liberty, prayer meeting, you name it, right? There was always like an effort to create this environment where like you were open and you were going to spill your guts and share all your problems. <laughs> but there's problems that everybody has that are not like it is not a safe space for you to talk about your sexual problems nope. or anything like that. Like, that's, that's what people were saying, uh, you know, when um, Jerry Jr.'s thing went public was like, you know, this is one of those, they, could, you know, evangelicals will, will forgive you for embezzling money from the church or yeah. from a lot of other things. They will not forgive you for doing some sort of, like, what they perceive to be a weird sexual act. Yeah. And I always think, like, I think everybody experienced it, but it's got to be, a you know— Nothing compared to what what you went through. Where you're like sitting in this circle of people, being encouraged to like talk about what's bothering you and what you're struggling with and stuff, and knowing that like you really can't talk about what's really bothering you. Absolutely, like not. yeah. I mean, how many people on the dorm? I mean, I, I I can't imagine the the anxiety that that must have caused. Like, what if somebody found out that this is this is what I struggle with? Like, there's people on the dorm that would not be supportive, you know? Yeah, But, yes, you're right, 100%.
0: However, um, my roommate for the second semester that we were in the dorm together, um, I don't know if I, like, really should even name drop on this podcast just because, like, I don't really have anyone's permission, um, but he was my SLD partner for that second semester, and he and I were really close. I was one of his groomsmen at his wedding, and I was – even when I, was, I had come to terms with who I was and I was out and I was proud, um, mm-hmm. I was still never told him because I just was scared. Because he went into the military and he is a badass and he's just like a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was scared that he would not like it, that he would not agree with me, that he wouldn't want to talk to me. Um, but I think it was last Pride not this Pride, but last Pride, he was doing an outreach at his church, um, and he was going out to Pride to, like, join the celebration. And it was, he's like, this. the church for so long has been bad to gays, to the LGBTQIA plus community. And Mm -hmm. he said, you know what, I'm gonna go, and I'm just gonna show love. And he didn't go there to, like, preach, and he didn't go there to, like, You minister to everyone but he went there because he wanted just to like celebrate the community together because that's what that's what pride is about it's about celebrating where you've come and being proud of who you are yeah um and so like when we had that conversation he's like yeah the church screwed up and he's like i'm trying to make it better because we're alienating so many people and you know this the church is going through a crisis oh, over absolutely. the past like decade <laughs> decade and a half where like What are you talking about where <laughs> young people are like are fleeing the church because i'm sorry you're not inclusive young people don't want that shit
1: yeah i know so, it's crazy man like the millennials are definitely it's like i mean i know they get made fun of a lot and they have their their issues but it's like i mean like every generation will be marked by some sort of thing that you can stereotype us with, uh, when we're in our fifties, but it's not going to be, at least it won't be like homophobia or racism. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, I'm sure it'll be something else, but it's young. It's weird. I, I, even within evangelicalism, young people, like they, a lot of them who were fine in it and comfortable with it from a theological perspective are like, they're out simply because of the exclusivity and they've found a space and they're like to allow for things that have always been, that mm. they've always been told were wrong. And it's like the church is very much what I, it seems like the church over the past number of centuries, I mean, we have thousands of denominations and that's because every time one group of people goes, we think this a little bit different than you. They just are like, oh, that's a deal breaker, and they start their own shit. What Christians don't agree? Yeah, (laughs) it's (laughs) like people aren't doing that anymore. No one's going. This is a problem. I'm just going to start my own shit over here. They're going, this the thing's fucked. I'm just out. And yeah, like it's like this is a boiling point, and we've obviously been moving towards this point in, in church history for quite some time. And I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it'll um. Do you think that any of the mass exodus is like a wake up call or do you think they're just going to fizzle out and die?
0: Um I don't think it's ever going to fizzle out and die. It's just it's going to evolve. Um Truthfully, I don't care. Um but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but like look at there are some groups that are getting it right. Um I think it was a few years ago the Methodist Church actually what they split yes. because they they realize that, you know, actually homosexuality is not a bad thing. You know what? We agree with this. And so they split because of that. And now they're two. I, I don't even know enough about it. And I, nor do I care enough, but I know that that happened. Yeah. Um, so I, and, but you also have a Pope now who is for same sex civil unions and, you know, baby steps, but like, that's almost as good as a marriage. Yeah. Um, but like, that's also progress. So I maybe, but like I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, how can you really know about it? But uh, I'm a I little, think. Go ahead, Casey. I think that one of the fundamental problems that's
2: that's happening right now and really playing itself out on live television is that <laughs> there's a lot of people that look at Christianity and they may not consciously do it, but they don't look at it as like and. They, I, you name it. Religion. They look at religion as not just like, how can I use this to be something better? What can I be using this as a tool or as a as a, a framework for my life? They look at it more as like, what can this do for me? Yeah. Is this a way that I can like protect my kids from the things that I think are bad? Is this a way that I can like, uh, you know, carve in stone my you know, ideas about this and that and the other? and have scripture to back it up. Cause I mean, that's I, if we're, if we're being honest, like you think about people and, and I know because I was one of them, I was very scared of you guys back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, what, you know, the, <laughs> dude,
1: I grew up like very, uh, homophobic crowd that I grew up with.
2: Oh, I
0: thought
1: and, you were saying like me and Matt Robbie. I was like on the dorms, man, you were scared of us. <laughs> oh, no. he's lumping himself in with you, Matt. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know, really what it was, it's, it's homophobia that that they assigned some Bible verses to, mm. right? It really comes down to, like, I don't like gay people. They make me uncomfortable. Yeah. And, oh, look, here's some ancient writings that back up the way <laughs> I feel about it. <laughs> and that's how it's always been, like, in the communities that I was with. It was like, yeah. thank God we got these verses because I really don't like them.
0: And, but I also found myself saying the same shit too. And I was like, I remember there's even a point where like, I was almost comfortable with my sexuality, but I still was like, you know what? I'm not down for gay marriage. And like, you know what? Let them be gay. And, but like, let them just not get married. And it it was just like, I don't know. I allowed my environment to dictate who it was. I, I found myself like, even after college, I still was going to church. Mm-hmm. um i found in x29 church um do you know x29
1: yeah that was like um, was that that wasn't um was what's his a who's the disgraced past mark driscoll was he an x29 guy or oh, is that maybe. different
0: maybe i don't i don't know enough i don't remember um it's also been eight years since i've i don't know it's been a while um i haven't been in church in a long time and, yeah but after college, I found a great small church in Jersey that I was going to. It had lots of young people. I loved it. Um, then they had a – it was called Jacob's Well. It was, it was actually a really cool church in New Brunswick. And then they had, like, a sister church, another X 29 church in Manhattan called Apostles. And – it, they met in this old Episcopalian church and we, it was like Sunday nights and it was great. And I would go with a bunch of people who are my age. And then after we would go out to a bar and like, that was super cool. Cause like you would hang out with your friends at church. Then you would all go to the bar together. Yeah. And like, that's kind of, I like that. Um, but then I remember when marriage equality was passed, um, that Sunday at church, the way, And, like, I wasn't – I was mostly out, but, like, I was out to people I loved and people I cared about and Mm -hmm. people I knew. Um, But, like, I didn't wear a rainbow flag everywhere. Um, But when the pastors spoke on their, like – I don't even know the words – their condemnation of same-sex marriage – um really? in church i was just like whoa this is not the progressive church i thought it was
1: dude that is a bummer man that's like it, a wicked yeah. bummer to just and think so that just stopped one going. place
0: so it's that was whenever that was it's what was it six five years ago i think of five years ago this past summer um so i haven't been to church since then and i don't miss it
1: yeah I makes um, sense i i want to um Uh, I want to do a quick backtrack just to paint the picture a little bit better. When you were in college, um, so when I was on the dorm you, that was your – you were a year ahead of me, I think, um, if I remember correctly. But when we were on dorm 11 together, um, you obviously weren't – you weren't any form of out then. So it was definitely after I had had moved on from there. We didn't really stay – I mean, other than in passing and maybe some like Facebook comments and messages, we didn't stay in touch much after I left the dorm. No, I mean, I don't think
0: I really stayed in touch with most people.
1: Yeah. So when did, like, it, did it, when did you start, like, losing that feeling of, I, uh, maybe I can, I, it's, this is something I can suppress at some point. When did you start, like, f- kind of feeling more free to just be like, this is just fine. The way I am is just fine.
0: Um, that's a really hard question to answer, but let yeah. me try. Let me try. Because, it wasn't. I didn't switch it. You know, I didn't like yeah. wake up and say, you know what, I'm gonna be gay. And it was more like, so after college, um, I had a girlfriend, and okay, we we dated. I don't know, not not even a year, but we broke up when the summer of 2013. When I moved to New York from Jersey, and I did a reset. I we broke up. I moved to New York. I slowly started going to gay bars, going on dates, meeting, hanging out with gay people, having mm-hmm. gay friends and it then I it was going to drag shows. Um but it was like I didn't love a lot about the gay community. I said I was I said I wasn't into drag queens, but that's really because I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. Um so I I Internalized, I had internalized homophobia for a very long time, and that's so common, yeah, in the community. Right. Because especially in the Christian gay community, not and that's not a thing, but like you know,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: ones who Christian grew up community. in Christian homes and stuff, yeah. But like it's it's so prevalent because you're taught, think about it. How many times were we in convocation and whoever the hell was speaking
1: found a way to talk about how gay was bad? You, like, I, I'm going to like, be honest. You probably picked up on that more than I did. <laughs> I I yeah. was probably just like, yeah, I mean, it's in passing. Might as well just yeah. mention Democrats while you're at it. And I wouldn't exactly,
0: even <laughs> but like, it was always, it, it was like every week and I'm just like constantly being told that, you know what, you need to do something different. You need to fix yourself or you're going to hell. And mm. huh, fuck. It was just like, it, it was terrifying. And I mean, I've gone to lots of therapy since, and I've, I had a therapist who's like, you have all this trauma that you haven't dealt with from college yeah. and you really need to work on this.
1: <laughs> and I'm like,
0: you don't understand. You weren't there. Yeah.
1: When, when, <laughs> when did you first realize, like, th- like when, when did you first start to realize uh, that what, that you would internalized that you had internalized homophobia and that maybe therapy was a better, a good option for you to help. So, the- I
0: mean, well, no, therapy was years later, but it was, I had done the work on my own. um, Okay. And it was, it was slow. I mean, it's probably even within the past like six, seven years, like since I moved to New York, it was, it was a progression where I slowly got more comfortable. And I was, I've, you know what, as a white person, we've had to do a lot of uncomfortable work lately.
1: Yeah.
0: um, Especially, well, in regards to racism. Um, and inherent biases and yeah I mean I work in East Harlem and all my students are black and brown and so I really have to check my privilege and like check my white supremacy and like am i walking around with a white hood on no I'm not that kind of white supremacist but like we all are as three white men we are we have white supremacy issues at times and we we have, you know, just like grown up with this systemic racism in our country and we've benefited from it. Mm -hmm. And it, we didn't maybe choose it, but like, we just complied and not knowing always, um, my mom had a difficult conversation, a difficult conversation with my mom. And she goes, you know, I didn't raise you to be racist. And I'm like, no, I know you didn't mean to, (laughs) but like, it just like, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked, but like, I had to do that work when it came to like addressing my internalized homophobia where i was like you know what what i was taught is not who i am what liberty taught me what the what the church taught me that doesn't reflect who i am and my values um and like i am evolved yeah and especially like being a science teacher now i've really had to like check a lot of shit that we learned because like sorry Six days? Are you sure? I
1: know. I know. I was just gonna say, as a science teacher, you had to uh, actually learn what evolution was after going to Liberty. Yeah. because we did not. And didn't they tell that. you about the water
0: canopy? Oh my god, I forgot about that. I actually was just listening to something like a week ago, and I'm like, oh my god, Christians did believe in a water canopy. I forgot. The I forgot about
1: wasn't it the firmament?
2: Oh my god, I Dude, don't want to know. My, my brother-in-law, he had, he grew up similar, but he was like what (laughs) i've never heard such a thing i'm like i mean you know now and it's true so when
0: i first told my dad that i was teaching science he goes so are you teaching fact or fiction no no, we're not doing this
1: (laughs) i make fun jill has to teach like She teaches special education. So I always make fun of her. She's like, I have science class. I was like, so what, what day creation are you on? Like, I, I, I'm so far past it and I can't stop making jokes about creationism. I just don't like understand, like, like there's a lot of like how you can really think that, like I moved past that a long time ago because it doesn't make sense that there's that rain comes from stars poking holes in the water (laughs) canopy. (laughs) Wait, is that a real theory? yeah i mean no, it, it was an ancient theory it's not like a it's not a the the idea of the ferment came from it was just a it was a way of explaining how rain happened before anyone knew anything it was it's an ancient like belief of like it, it just like i don't know let me come in this temple whore so that way my crops grow like that it's just an ancient way okay. of thinking so I was like, "Where is he going with coming before?" I'm, I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm talking about while, my guy, like, guys.
2: <laughs> once in a while, you toss out an analogy that is the best.
0: <laughs> I was just like, "Did I hear him right?" <laughs> yes.
2: dude. I had one of those conversations the other day with with a family member, at it because okay, you can. We're in a part of Kansas called the Flint Hills, and it's literally like giant hills made of Flint, and <laughs> I could walk out of my door, go like a hundred yards outside of my yard, and pick up like like marine fossils. That's like you can find them all over the
1: place. Oh my god! Oh yeah,
2: yeah, just like layers and layers of shells and coral and stuff like that. And
1: that all because you're probably sorry. Ah, fuck me! I hate when I interrupt you. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) I was just I was showing it to somebody the other day, and and they're like, you know. I know the Bible's true, but yeah, it does. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it really does. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's a hard spot to be in, though. I mean, it's hard to. Uh, I think that's the whole problem with that 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 strain of Christianity is that like it's all predicated on the Bible is inerrant. It's to be mm-hmm. taken literally. And the minute you start to have issue with one thing, like you've pulled the bottom brick out of the wall. Yeah. It's like Jenga.
1: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think what's weird is they don't realize how much they they're dodging just to keep their little, like they, like their thing together. Like they don't, they don't take a lot of it that literally or seriously. Like they, they can because they're looking at it from like, a, it's like 21st century perspective, but it's like, come on, like we, uh, women were property. Like why? I, for, for most of the books of the Bible, women were property. Like actually all of them. I don't know why I said most literally every single one of them. And we've moved past that. So why don't you just, I don't know, stop thinking some of these other things that we can't move
0: past. It's. And like, also stop telling me that Jonah was really in the belly of a whale.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna. And,
0: come, this comes up every. <laughs> and stop telling me that. Like Noah had two of every species on the ark. Every species. Like, are you sure every species? When we haven't even identified every species yet. And uh, we dude, never we will?
2: will. Dinosaurs.
0: They even had dinosaurs know. on it. Yep. Like, don't I'm, don't go there, please. I know. Like, you have to you have to be able to separate. So that's like a whole Christian problem where Christians can't separate literature from from like i don't even know what's the other type of bible like i guess can you call it that i don't know anyway but like you have to be able to say you know what this is a story and it's meant to teach a moral and just leave it at
1: that or i one of the um so depending on which uh i don't know academic field you're looking at it's i mean i don't know that um that Liberty and their uh, eschatology center are looking at things this way. But I mean, there's a, a pretty substantial group of biblical academics that will look at even the, the story of Adam and Eve as, I mean, if you look at it as far as like, God established these people they messed up they were banished from the garden it really lines up super well with uh, Israel going into the promised land and then messing up and being right. exiled like everything about it is really metaphorical while also kind of contradicting some of the other divine narratives of how human existence came to be like nothing about it is like original it's all just like pulling yeah. from their national history and uh, using the same themes as previously written origin stories like it's all myth for the purpose of telling a story about who you are how you got here and where you're going like and i don't understand why that's really like to me like that's the purpose of all the stories we ever learned as a kid that's why people love the fucking chronicles of narnia or lord of the rings like you put yourself in these stories and you see how they apply to your life and you learn from them and the characters and with their flaws and with their the things that they're good at whatever it is and it's just like to me it's so mind-boggling that like transitioning into adulthood and i'm not trying to call these people children but like Mm. when you transition into adulthood you start you should be able to if you took i don't know uh, any even if you took high school literature like and you i mean i i didn't i I was homeschooled so well i don't know (laughs) i fucked if i know anything about literature but i have a friend who's a um who teaches middle school English and the way he talks about literature and the way he reads poems and the way he talks about them and, and reflects on them. And and like, he's looking at it in ways that I never ever would have. And when he says the things he says about them and thinks about them the way he does, I'm like, that is, that's beautiful. And it's changing him and it's changing his students. Like you hear how it changes in his his students' lives and the way that he just invests in them and uses these, these metaphors. And I'm like, that's so beautiful. And then we get to like, I don't know what I would consider to still be beautiful metaphor and story when you can separate the good from the bad. And then you watch an entire, I don't know what, 70 percent, 80 percent of the Christians just like absolutely ruin it to a point where it's almost unsalvageable.
2: Mm. Matt, did you like being a teacher and obviously interacting with parents and stuff like do parents ever hit you with that kind of stuff? Like, do you have Mm. any like. Evangelical parents that are like upset with what you're teaching, thank
0: god, no. Um,
2: because also remember, at the elementary level,
0: it's super basic, and Ah, I'm not getting into like we don't talk about evolution. Um, and if kids ever have those types of questions, I'm like, well, most people believe, and then I'll, but I'll also give that other point of view. I'll say, however, there are some people who don't believe that. There are some people who think the earth is only 6,000 years old while most of us think it's millions of years old. And it's just like, I, I need to present them with both trains of thought because it's, I feel like it's the ethical thing to do while oh. I don't believe in it. Um, people do. And I'm, I'm not going to be that person who is teaching children the opposite way that their parents want them to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't think that there are enough, parents who think that way in our school community
1: yeah that's an interesting way to look at it i don't it's very gracious of you
0: but i also i don't want to have that issue um i I, because it's not important i want the kids to learn um how to basically like use a scientific method um and that doesn't mean that they need to learn in second grade what evolution is Um, yeah yeah no, I'd actually rather tell my second graders, "Hey, what are some ways we can think of to make sure that we're taking good care of our Earth so that it's around when you're my age?" <laughs> well, that's, that's not important.
2: <laughs> well, I, not, I remember like it. I remember like the last speech that Jerry gave uh, before he died. I, it might have been the last one. He talked about how there was no sense in taking care of the earth because oh. God was going to destroy it anyways. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. That Do you guys remember that convocation? I wasn't there. My first year was after he oh. died on his toilet. <laughs>
0: so, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, well, cause as a Christian, you're taught to say, Oh, climate change is not a real thing. Yep. Like, but also why, why is that an argument? Why are we, why are Christians, I should say, so intent on saying that climate change is not real because what is the harm in saying that, wow, humans are not always great. And sometimes we do shit that fucks up the earth,
1: <laughs> which is their premise. Their whole premise is that people aren't great. And that I, and right, it's, so Christians should be able to say that it's because liberals care about climate change. Matt, if you concede on that, then you've given into the liberal agenda and, Q is going to be very disappointed in you. But like, aren't, maybe liberals are onto something. <laughs> I, have, Dude, uh, I
2: think that this is a problem though, that that is at the core of what's happening to the church right now is that political leanings and, and faith have become so interwoven in that community. Mm. And like, it's, it's these, these issues like that one in particular, whether they realize it or not, where, their political leanings come into conflict with their, their faith. I, I see the, the people that I have the closest contact with, they choose political leanings every time. Mm.
1: And 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 then pretend their faith backs it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, side with, you know, stick with your team and justify it. However you have to, but like whenever they're in conflict, political leanings always seem to take precedent over their faith
0: well look at jerry jr look at franklin graham like you have so many high or, or people high up in the church who are taking these political stances that like contradict what they had been saying for years
1: i know especially when like the whole character counts thing was like a big deal when bill clinton got a blow job but then they've <laughs> they like they watched this guy absolutely destroy the definition of the word integrity, and they're just like, ah, he's a baby Christian. This guy gets a pass. It's like you know what, he can grab him can... by the pussy. Let him. <laughs> I know, and it's like everyone can see through it, and they're still pretending like they're they have the moral high ground. It's like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I, One of the things I, I this whole idea of creating your own narrative, I, for me, I had this conversation with someone recently, and I, it's a little bit of a. I don't know, maybe poorly fleshed out theory, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like, I was taught from a very young age, six day creationism. Like that was a really... I mean, I remember that so distinctly all the way up into high school. I was reading books about it and being told that like, and that was the old, like, you know, other than that, I got the Bible. Uh, we would read the Bible. Yes, this stuff happened. Adam and Eve were real people, but there wasn't a huge emphasis on that. I just, they were, they were kind of just, those are blanket assumptions. And there was a lot of emphasis on Jesus. And even in middle school, maybe late middle school, early high school, I would read the Bible and I would, I would spend time reading, about what Jesus said. And it's like, oh, blessed are the meek, like for they'll inherit the kingdom of earth. I mean, the kingdom of heaven, like, like it was, everything was all about, like, I I remember very distinctly thinking Jesus really cared about the people who didn't have a lot. And that, that stuck with me. But the backdrop was always like the earth is this like 6,000 years old. Uh, It was made in six days. And what I realized as an adult was like, I could believe anything. Because my baseline that I had been fed my entire life was like just that it was just an anti-science perspective. Like the foundation that was built for me was when it was that I was able to choose what I wanted to believe at all times without any real reason for it. And that's why I have such a huge problem with like, I know you could say it's like you could not necessarily for you and what you're doing with your students because it's not your job to, you know, necessarily teach something different than parents, but like as a homeschooled kid, I have such a problem with like the way I was brought up and with that belief, because I'm like, that, that was one of the things that really held me back from growth was believing in something so strongly and them tying it to my faith so tightly that I couldn't, you just have to resign to the fact that you can believe stuff that doesn't make any sense and that that's Okay. Uh, And it, that was just the foundation for me saying there was no climate change. I guess I have to vote Republican and I I guess I need to live my life like this. Uh, and, it's, and it was a lot of it was just because I had this idea that like I couldn't, I didn't have to listen to reason because the Bible just told me these things. You're right. I think
0: reason sometimes is absent from it, but also to the opposite extent where like, we're constantly seeking answers, right? That's, mm-hmm. I think it's a human condition. We're constantly yeah. looking for answers and we need to have an explanation. And like, as a scientist, like, yeah, I get it. We want to know why things are the way they are. However, is it okay to sometimes just stop and say, mm, I'm not totally sure how the earth was made yeah. or how the earth formed. And like, that's Okay. I don't really know 100% what happened to the dinosaurs, but like, I know they're not here anymore. (laughs) Like why, why is it so hard for humans to just say, you know what? I don't know. And that's okay.
1: Yeah.
2: I feel like we're, we're bagging on, uh, on conservatives a lot. I think it's worth mentioning too, that they're like, that's not, a viewpoint or a, or a practice that's strictly, you know, a conservative thing. I think, I think you see the same thing. Well, it's like you said, I mean, it's a human thing. Like we have a hard time dealing with things that are uncertain things that are not uh, black and white. And it's much more convenient to just tell yourself like, well, this is what it is and that's how it is. And there's no Mm -hmm. reason to investigate it further. And anyone who contradicts this is attacking your belief system. So, you know, it's, it's fine to respond to them in a sharp way, you know? But I think one, I think
0: being able to say we don't have the answers and that's okay, has helped me, um, kind of put into perspective where my faith lies now, um, because I don't identify with a religion, Because like I said before, it's toxic, but I'm not totally sure where my faith is. And I'm not totally sure what's going to happen when I die. But like, also, that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not going to stress, I'm going to continue to, you know what, just like, try my hardest to be a good person, and to help people who can't help themselves, and to make sure that people are not taken advantage of and make sure that I don't harm others. And like, that's, that's important to me. And that's what I think should be the goal for people, not just Christians, but for everyone and like focus on that and also say we don't have the answers and that's an okay thing. And like, yeah. that's just like good enough.
1: Yeah. I, one of the things I actually do want to, you know, cause I, I mean, what Casey you just mentioned, is like, you know, what, it does feel like we're backing on a certain group a lot. And I know it It, it can be easy sometimes for us to maybe go there, but something to um, when I, I, I think it's important to stress that I I'm in general, fairly neutral towards the types of things that some people believe. Like, and I think what I'm trying to get at is when I'm, I'm talking about for me and what was frustrating for me, looking back on being taught certain things was that, It when I look back on it, or when I see the way that certain types of belief allow for people to make excuses for doing things that harm other people, or or, I don't know, do things that I, as someone who still does, find a way to I don't know, salvage the (laughs) the wreckage of Christianity uh, in some way is like. When I when I look at what I, I feel like I understand and see about what the intent of Jesus' message was, I, I get frustrated when I it seems often co-opted and, and certain beliefs are used as excuses to do do harm to other people. And you know, going even back to like what with you, Matt, and like and, and how difficult it was for you to just finally uh, be yourself and admit to everyone who you are including your family like so much of that was just because the types of things we were given uh and the types of things a, a large group of people believe in it and it's like those are the types of beliefs that end up hurting people and those are the, I think that's why I get frustrated about when when I look at my life and see how one belief led to another or allowed me to think a certain way or act a certain way and make an excuse for it is that's what I'm trying to that's the type of stuff that I feel like it's, it's worth pushing back on, uh, given the way it's that it's like, a,
2: it's almost like you've, like, you feel like you need to reconcile for some of those things, you know? Yeah. I, if I could throw one more question at you, Matt, if, um, you know, you think back on like 2007, Matt, you know, for, for people who are in that time period of their lives, you know? Uh, people who who might be gay or they're not quite comfortable with it yet, whatever it is, you know, they're, they're in that Christian community. Do you think that this identity crisis that Christianity is going through right now is good for them or bad for them? And how so? Is
0: it good or bad for the people going through these identity crises?
2: Well, I just mean like if you're a, a, you know, a young man or woman that, you know, thinks he might be gay and you're living in, in this era of Christianity where it's pulled like mm-hmm. in so many different directions. Do you think that that is going to help those people like move away from that community? Or do you think that it could be repressive to them? I'm, I'm not sp- speaking. What, I'm not saying what I'm thinking very well, <laughs> but,
0: um, That's, that's, that's such a hard one to answer um, because like everyone's experiences are different and then everyone responds to their, their experiences differently. Um, Yeah. And like trauma is real. I mean, I know of people who I was friends with years ago who have chosen to live a heterosexual life while they have like homosexual inclinations And I guess to put it mildly, um, and they Hmm. decided, you know what, I'm going to find a way and you know what, maybe that works for them. Cool. I couldn't do it and I wouldn't wouldn't want to, but like maybe you can, but also that could also go back to like being on the sexual, the spectrum of sexuality because it's not linear and it's you're not like, Ooh, you're straight and you're gay and that's it. No, there's like so much in between. And like sexual fluidity is a real thing that we just don't we, there's so many different sexual orientations that we don't even name. Um, So that's super complicated, but I think growing up in this current era of the church, um, I think, is it going to help them on their journey? I don't know. Um, I think it's just, it's so hard to, know how someone's going to react because like, you can't predict someone's reaction. So, I mean, if you would have back in college, if you would have predicted that if I was struggling with homosexuality in college, would you have said, you know what? I think Matt's going to be gay. <laughs> or I think he's going to like figure out a way to kind of push it aside and like try to have a family well, I mean, well, I'm going to have a family anyway. That's not the point. Um, but, or try to like <laughs> live a heterosexual life. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just like, who the hell knows? And I don't know if I'm even answering your question the way you.
2: Well, maybe there's no answer, but <laughs> I, I see what you mean. I, well, and that's, I guess I don't, I, I, I think that 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 whole like sexuality's fluid concept is not quite sunk in for me yet to the point where I'm like that's how I think of sexuality all the time. Like Mm. I have to actively like check myself on those things. Like, you know, not everything's binary and everybody fits into these two categories, you know, but is there, so I guess, is there resources out there that you know of for, for people who are, are struggling with that? Like, are there groups online and stuff for, for kids who are just trying to sort this stuff out for themselves?
0: Uh, shit. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I wish I knew more. I mean, I know the Trevor project is a great organization with lots of answers and they have a crisis hotline that is so, so, so important. Um, if you are a member of the LGBTQ community, if you feel that you're like going through something, if you're not, if you need answers and you need someone to talk to, they have a crisis hotline that is 24 hours, I believe. Um, and so you can always like contact someone who will help you. It's more meant, I think for someone who's in like a dire situation, um, more like suicidal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that they have lots of literature that they can help you. Um, oh, shit. I wish I, I mean, I'm sure a quick Google search will honestly <laughs> tell you more than I can tell you right now.
2: According to Wikipedia. Oh, a- sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm on my Chromebook. That's <laughs> That's somebody so, trying to get uh, out of jam right there. Well, no, I'm on my Chromebook right now, that and i awesome. it's, it's a it's a G O O G L E Chromebook. The <laughs> <laughs>
2: TrevorProject.org looks to be the the website.
0: Yeah, sure. But honestly, do a search, and you'll find more answers that I can give right now because I didn't prepare for this.
2: <laughs> well, I should, well, I should ask you: Is there any that you recommend? Because that that. That's a hard question.
0: Well, you know what? I can get back to you and you can include links in the description for this. How's that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. That'd be good.
0: Perfect.
1: Cool, man. This oh, is such a great to
0: to you. Yeah. This is super fun. When you Sam, when you texted me about this, I was just like, so interestingly enough, earlier that week, I guess this was last week that you texted me. I don't remember what day it was, but just a few days earlier, I had someone else from like college from a few years earlier in college who she's like selling Mary Kay now or something. And she messages me on Facebook and she's like, Hey, you want to buy Mary Kay for Christmas? I'm just like, what the fuck? no. <laughs> and then when you sent me a message, I'm like, oh my God, is, does he want me to buy something?
1: <laughs> I'm selling topperware now. <laughs> and no, but when I read, I'm like, oh, this is
0: amazing. I yes, because I feel like my perspective is shared by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so important that there are people who are coming to terms with what they're, with who they are. And they need to know that like what we're taught in the church is not the be all end all. Like those are not going to be the answers for everyone. Yes. Maybe some people will find answers there, but like Casey, seems like you didn't find answers there. And I know I didn't find answers there and, or maybe, we actually did find answers and they were not the answers that the church wanted us to find. Um, So it's, it's like, there's so many layers. And when you sent me this text and you're like, you want to be on this? I'm like, Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important that you're having this podcast because you're also telling other people who are in other different walks of life that, you know what? We all have this like shared trauma (laughs) (laughs) and it's okay to name it. Yeah. And it's okay to say, you know what? We all went through this and like, we're all coping because trauma is like how you cope with a traumatic experience. And like Liberty was a pretty traumatic experience and we're like, still like, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if it wasn't traumatic.
1: No, I, dude, I, I, I love that. The, the, the through line of anyone who was an evangelical it's like grew up that way or found that at some point it's and then and then left it like people are still in it i mean yeah i there's still some people that i associate with who are in it that i can be friends with but there is a a, a level like even having this conversation it was so easy and interesting and fun and it's like this the, the it, it is that shared experience of of having that and moving on that like mm-hmm. it it feels like there's endless things to talk about. And uh, it's funny when I was, I, I had thought about messaging you for probably a couple of weeks before I did. Cause I'm like, this is still new for us. And I'm like, okay, we've, I mean, we're literally have only talked to they're not that they're all the episodes are out yet, but we've, Case and I, straight white men, we've talked to straight white men. We're like, that's just the people we know, and that's what we're doing to get this off the ground. I'm like, then I'm like trying to think of who I can message. I'm like, we're not this this can't stay the same. And I'm like, but then I start messaging people and, and I start typing it. I'm like, now I feel like an asshole. This just feels like tokenism, and I'm they're just gonna be mad at me for asking. Like <laughs> I get all like super in my head about it, and I just was like, it took me so long to just finally message you. I'm really glad I, <laughs> I did. <laughs>
0: I am glad too. But I mean, there are also tons of other people that might not even be in your circle that can hear of this podcast, hopefully, and can share their perspective because like, I know tons of people who grew up the way we did and live very different lives now.
1: I know. I honestly, I feel like the the rate of people who stayed in it is, is wildly low. I, I mean, even with me and my like siblings, it's like my parents made the very intentional decision to homeschool to keep us all in it. And, Nobody mm-hmm. is. No one, and 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 all the kids we grew up in church with are like. So many of them are just like, nah, not really. And it's like there's a common theme here that this isn't didn't work out the way any of these like boomer evangelicals thought it would, and I, it's, it's so worth examining. And I I wish it was easier to have these types of conversations with, I don't know, like parents or other people who are still in it without feeling <laughs> offensive to them. But it's yeah, like-
2: higher than the divorce rate of Pensacola, graduates. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right well thanks for coming matt we we really appreciate it and hopefully we get to talk to you again soon absolutely please keep me updated because this was fun
1: yeah we'll let you know when it comes out man yeah all right all right thanks for listening everyone uh we'll catch you next time